Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. Decorand FM. To develop, to think, to do things, you know, to contribute to society. That's how Fervurt and his ilk or whoever were created apartheid. And people don't even realize that. I don't think we even bothered that we could not even sit anywhere. Because even today, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether we can come to to places. But I think for us it was important that we are accorded dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when you get told that you're not good enough, when you know that you are good enough, there's nothing as hateful as that. I went to England. I, I signed a record deal with, with the British Record Company. And, of course, when I was there, I wanted my family to come and visit, my my wife and my two kids. Now, my wife had a passport. I had a passport. I actually used a – I had to register myself as a colored to get a, a, a South African passport. My name was actually Cyril Peters, you know, to travel to England. And, of course, my wife had a passport. But my children were given a passport as Batswanas. Now, that was Batswana. So in the passport, it was de- they were declared uh, stateless because their nationality was undetermined. So when they got to England, the authorities would not let them in, but they wanted to let my wife in because she had a passport. It was such a wrangling. Now, this was part of what that system did mm. to people. Obviously, to frustrate us not to go out to do things that other normal people were doing. And I had to say to, to look, I'm here, and these are my children. How do, would you allow my, uh, my wife to go through and you don't allow my children? And these are little children. That made me so angry, you know, that we felt well, maybe then it's time that we 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 look we look at things differently. Some of us can sing songs, we can write songs, but I think you reach a stage where you feel well. Perhaps I sh- I, I should leave the country and go to exile and join MK. And I I think people get driven to that point mm-hmm. where you just have no choice to say well. You either submit or you fight. And but this is exactly yeah. what Nelson Mandela said. Mm. So you reach a stage where you have to say, look, you no longer have your your worth. So what is it worth? Mm. There comes a time when a man has to say, I live for for the cause or the cause must live. You know? And that's that's how I felt. How do you feel now? Sitting here looking at me, and uh, we met like 30 years ago, and well, we, we're we looking know, at each other now, and it's like, the people around as well, it's like, hey, how's it, my bad, how's it, and like, try and be nice, whatever, but you st- you still get that feeling like, oh, the pain is I've still never, there? You know, I've never harbored any resentment for human relationships. I think sitting next to you, for me, has always been the right thing to do because I've known you even long before that, long before apartheid, you know, you'd invite me to the studio, you'd play our music, would talk to me. So 
for me, I never saw Barney the white person. I knew that we could create relationships, friends, and and so on. But of course, the way these other people that you just felt, you know, what 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 the hell is? is I'm sorry to use this language on, but what is that about people that they think that because their their skin color makes them superior mm. than than me? There's nothing that I, I mean. I went out with with Diane. Diane was white and Jewish, and never had problems. We just never imagined that there was anything that was uh, uninteresting about us. We, we, we were, there was nothing unique about that. You know, we went everywhere. Of course, when and when the security police, some of the security police saw us, they said, "Hey, yo, Javier, yes, ne." <laughs> so you had to somewhat play a part where you think, uh, I, I, okay. I also remember going to hospital, and Diane was in the hospital, and I had to go and pick her up, you know. And I was driving, and at the top of this his voice, this guy says, "Um, um, Miss Brooken, your driver's here to pick." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> your driver's here you to know. pick you up. Where? Are you? I just laughed and I said, "You know what? That's my girlfriend, frankly." And this guy was smoking a pipe and he took the pipe out of his mouth. Says, "What?" I said, "You know, I'm coming to pick my girlfriend up." But also, Sipo, if you didn't have that sense of humor, I mean, that whole apartheid thing as well. A lot of uh, people. It was right? a joke. It, it it was, and 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 from your point of view as well. I mean. Uh, uh, there we were. I went to the army as well for two years because I had to. Um, did that whole military thing or whatever. It's easy to talk about it now, but at that stage we went. You finish school and you you get on a train. Conscription. And, exactly. Yeah. You were so, conscripted. And but you're looking you at sport. You, you now. didn't voluntarily go to the army. Mm. You were you're forced to go yeah. to the army, right? We but know that. Yeah. They used to come to the schools when you were what was sixteen. Then you already signed up without knowing. You had to fill in these forms. I remember Martin coming to Soweto in the military party. <laughs> he was wearing the army clothes. I said, "Mart, be careful that they don't lynch you out." <laughs> but he slept at my house, mm. you know. And I used to give him the the Suzuki to drive around in the township, and he hated it. You know, I know we know that some of the people, because I think, I think the sad thing about this whole thing is was, was ignorance. Mm. Because once people interact and they get to know, and people realize this, but this is silly. You know, why this is absolute. I mean, some of these lunatics who think that. Uh, uh, it their skin color gives them the right to feel that they are much more superior than they are. They're just lunatics. So the best thing you could do is just ignore them and make them feel less, even less important than you know. This is how we 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 dealt with it. When you popped in before we went on air, we spoke about uh, the good old days, and uh, I've still got the vinyl there, Kaiser Chiefs, by the way, which I want to give you as a present. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, have it on me, but you must come for dinner. I will. I will. Yes. What, what do you like eating? Uh, as long as it's not um, chicken feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll leave that. <laughs> but, uh, I want to invite you. 
And it doesn't matter where, but I want to hand that over to you. Oh, that Because be you're a big – and they lost tonight, Kaiser Chiefs, so I I'm know, sorry. Man. I, but uh, you but know, they didn't lose to a bad team. Exactly. You know, they lost to a good team. Marisburg United in the middle of the log there. But your days as a, as a school kid, just getting back to – I've seen pictures, the, the black and white pictures, and I found them fascinating, like – 30,000 people at the Orlando Soccer Stadium. Yes. You are in there. And I'm going, all these kids and people are sitting on, on the pitch. You know, there weren't enough uh, seats. And you guys used to just go there. What was it like as a kid going to the see Kaiser Chiefs against? The atmosphere was just electric. You know, we, we, we went, we didn't even go to, to, you know, to, to the games to see the teams only, but there were name players. You know, there were name players. You spoke about Joe Monsono. You spoke about Heel Extension McCurry. You spoke about Teenage Ladder. You spoke about Ace and Soling. So someone holds the ball. I mean, Ace was just, he was always, you know, the, the, the joker in the pack. You go to the game, if you loved Soccer, whether you like Pirates or or Chiefs, when Ace is on the ball, the whole stadium, I actually could get goosebumps when mm. I think about what that man did. When Jomo takes the ball, everybody just goes. So these were the players that we just went to go in and watch. I don't know if today it is the same, and maybe I'm being nostalgic, and perhaps the young people believe that their game is better than I don't even. I don't even think that they would have really seen the seen mm -hmm. the daylights if they had played against those guys. But also the conditions. I mean, that pitch wasn't. I mean, the ball. It was like, like the ball <laughs> used to kick the ball and used to go left instead of right. It was the conditions. If you look at when you were at that, did you forget about apartheid? That that was escapism for for all the kids and the parents to go and watch a football match must have been amazing. The atmosphere. Oh, yeah, no. Apartheid didn't matter to us. When we go to the soccer game, we, we even forget about there was something called apartheid because we were watching our own heroes in our own environment. Mm -hmm. So the whole issue around separatism was never really an issue for us. We were quite comfortable in that space that we found ourselves in. It was okay. You know, like I said, apartheid was not, for us, it was not even about whether we lived in Soweto or it didn't really matter. It is the kind of affliction, you know, that we were experiencing. You know, you know, apartheid was so horrible that if we had to talk about some of the stories that were that inflicted so much pain on black people. You know, you, you, I, you adore your father. Your father is someone that you feel can protect you. But when your father is reduced to a non-entity in front of you, what does, mm -hmm. what does it do? A young, a young 21 year old calls your father a boy. A young 21-year-old who's a policeman thinks that, well, your father doesn't have a, a, a pass. He should stand there. He's arrested for trespassing because he has no reference book going to work. 
and you're also coming from home, you're going to school, there is this pass rate. You're subjected to the same thing as your father is. You know, these are some of the experiences that we were going through that a lot of people don't even realize. So it was not just about black people living there and white people. It was more than just humiliating us and making us feel, you know, worthless. How did you, uh, as a family unit, your dad, uh, inspire you when this happened? He was humiliated how, when they left. The, the I must, I must, did, uh, I'm, you know, my father was quite a very, he was a very soft man. He was a soft man. He probably, he was probably brutalized by the system. You know, I remember when he went to apply for my ID. I had never seen my father so despondent and, you know, so subdued. He came out and he, he showed me the, 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 the reference book. He said, look what's written in your bus. You know, there were, they, they used to be called, we used to have what we call the sections. You qualified to be in Johannesburg because you have sec, you're, you're on section 101A. If you're on section 101B, you are supposed to be working. You are section 101C. You don't belong. Section 1014, you belong to the homelands. They had asked him where, was, where did he grow up. He said he had grown up in Tabanchi because his parents had sent him to, to the sister because they were working. So he grew up there. And without any further questions, they put that stamp on my past to say Section 101D, which meant I had to go to Tabanchue, my father. But my father said, no, but he wasn't grown. He wasn't born there, you know. I was so angry with him because I had felt that he could have protected me. He could have defended, he could have fought. But... It's only now I understood that he had been so humiliated mm. that there was nothing he could have done. He could have put his head against the, the head. They, those guys were willing just to put the stamp on and say, I belong to Wuputaswana. They even took my passport. They even took my passport and said, now you must go and apply for your passport in Wuputaswana. In the meantime, my older brother had a Johannesburg pass, so he was fine. So how do you then say my older brother qualifies to be in Johannesburg and yet I do not qualify? So these were some of the things that, you know. Barney and Friends. Barney Simon.